Trades Work, the Rocky Mountain Mechanical Contractors Association podcast starts right now. Here's your host, Dave DeVito. On this week's episode, I am pleased to have Jake Shinas in studio with me. Jake is a fifth-year apprentice and works for American Mechanical Services. Jake is almost finished with his apprenticeship school and ready to become a journeyman. I'm excited to talk with Jake today and learn more about his experience in the trade and specifically his experience as an HVAC apprentice. For those listening, HVAC is heating, air conditioning, and ventilation. Jake, thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to share my experiences in the apprenticeship program. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. I know you're coming to the end of your HVAC apprenticeship program. What made you decide to train for a career in the trades? And what made you decide to train as an HVAC tech? Well, I'm 34 years old. I'm a husband and a father to two awesome little kids. What initially got me interested in the trade was I took a tour at a local tech school. Um, I really was impressed with the troubleshooting, um, the kind of figuring out how things work, why they're not working, just really appealed to me. What kind of trade school was it that you were looking at? Um, it was, uh, I was actually g- looking to do welding. Um, I've got a cousin who's a pipeline welder. And so I took a tour of Emily Griffith Technical School here in Denver and kind of talking to the teachers there. I kind of shifted to look into HVAC and it's been, been doing that ever since. So I went to school for about a year through them, and then got into uh, the apprenticeship program through the 208. Great. Emily Griffith is a good partner of ours and one that we work with uh, through each one of our training centers. So what were you doing before? What what, uh, led you to this? Uh, Was your current employment at that time something that you know, just didn't see a future in, or was it you were just stuck in a cube somewhere uh, and you wanted more opportunity? Or tell tell us what kind of made you come our way. So I was right out of high school. I joined the army. I was a medic, and uh, after six years in the army, I kind of uh, tried college a couple times. Uh, traditional four year colleges. Um, the lack of structure didn't really fit well with me, and um, I had a real problem staying interested in in the assignments if I couldn't see how they would directly affect me. Well, thank you for your service. Thank you. Were you ever exposed to the trades? I know being a medic in the tra- uh, in the military and then coming out, was there any of the warrior and transition programming that may have led you to believe that a, a job in the trades is the way to go? Uh, I was aware of those programs, um, but I it was so far off my radar to get into the trades that I didn't even pursue it at all. Um, it took a, a few years of spinning my wheels, trying other things to uh, to land here. Okay. What were you interested in college-wise? Um, so I kind of explored the medical career for a little while, and then um, a there was a construction management program. So that may be kind of... Um, piqued my interest a little bit um, and kind of is in the same vein as the HVAC trade. But yeah, it was still very much theory and normal college type workload. Yeah. Would uh, your current family uh, situation have driven you, kind of drawn you in? Was it you were at that point in time in your career where you're like, okay, now it's maybe time to start a family and settle in and this is a good this is a good place for us to be. My wife and I got married when I was actually just starting tech school, so um, 
yeah, it was time to to get a, a career and uh, not just a job. Time to work toward build towards something. And the apprenticeship has really let let me do that. You know, to just start with very little knowledge and just you know, I've learned a crazy amount doing that. So uh, we're fortunate to have you, and we're glad that you came our way, and we thank Emily Griffith for their partnership. Training through one of our programs is quite unique, and I think you talked a little bit about the fact that traditional four-year school programs or college, you know, you're sitting in a classroom trying to figure out how what you're learning is going to apply, and our programs, you're learning stuff in a book one night, and the next day you could be applying that in, you know, one of your service visits. Uh, talk to us about how you adapted to that type of learning versus kind of what you were doing. So it is a unique way to learn, but I think that it's the best way to learn. I didn't have to adapt to this style as much as trying to force myself into the more traditional style. Um, working on the equipment during the day and then having access to subject matter experts, you know, the smartest guys in the in the trade two nights a week is just invaluable. You know, even if they're not your teacher, go hunt them down and ask them questions. That's, that's huge. Um, and just being in a, in an education mindset, two nights a week where you're, you know, this is the time to ask questions. This is the time to make sure you understand it. You may have just answered my next question is what do you think the best part of an apprenticeship training environment is? Yeah, definitely. Definitely that. Also the, the networking, um, you know, guys in my class that work for different contractors, they work on different equipment than I do throughout the day. Um, you know, I can call them. I, they, they'll back me up just like, just like somebody that works at AMS. So, and I can see the value of that for my entire career. You know, these are going to be the service managers and the, um, the leaders in the, in the trade for going forward. So do you see yourself one day maybe being one of those subject matter experts or teaching at the apprenticeship school? Yeah, I would like to. Um, I think that that would be the, the most rewarding kind of goal of, of my career or anybody's career is being able to, to pass that information on, build other guys up, and um, that's what it's all about. Great. So if you could change one thing, what would it be? The way our apprenticeship program is set up is two nights a week after work. And that is definitely a hardship. Um, it's, it is hard to, to work all day and then be fresh and ready to learn two nights a week. Also, our teachers are working all day long. But I think that there's, you know, something to be said for trial by fire. And, you know, if you can do this, you can do this job. I wish it wasn't as hard, but I don't know how you make it as good as it is without it being hard. Yeah, there's something to be said about learning in a, you know, most apprenticeship programs that I've been in and the classrooms I've seen, you know, it's one instructor for 10 students or, you know, the, the, the ratios are pretty good in that regard. So your access to questions and being able to help understand, you know, drawings or mathematics or the science behind it all, you have uh, a different access to instructors than you do in a traditional, you know, community college or college setting, not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just, it's different. It's more of an applied learning. Absolutely. And, and just, you know, it's, it would be hard to stop a class of 30 students and say, Hey, I don't understand this. But with a, with a small class, you know, everybody, everybody has stopped the class to say, Hey, let's, let's go over this. Let's explore this a little more so that, you know, I understand it or my buddy understands it. About how many apprentices are you 
are in your class on the service side right now? There are 10 in the fifth-year class. Okay. And that's a pretty typical class size by the time. I think they start out a little closer to 15, and, you know, through the five years, you end up with about 10. So, you know, being a fairly young person in the trades and up-and-coming leader in your field, what would you tell other young adults and even high school students or their parents or counselors why they should consider a uh, career in the field, uh, specifically in the HVAC industry? I would think that it is most important to just let young people know that this trade exists, that it's not, um, you know, all dirty, physical grunt work, that it's a, it's a technical professional career that you can earn a middle-class living doing. As students, we don't pay anything for our education. It's paid for by the members. So they've made that investment to to make sure that we have more journey men and women coming up to to fill their shoes to to keep the local going. You know, you don't have to be in a cubicle all day. You don't have to have a ton of student debt and you can you know, have a great life. What would somebody just coming in look to expect? What would you tell them to look to expect from a classroom perspective and from a learning perspective uh, as well as from a what do you do on the job? As a first-year apprentice, um, you can expect to be with a journeyman most of the time. You know, your first few months, you're just going to be standing and watching, you know, helping bring stuff to the equipment, asking questions, keeping your, you know, hands hands free, ready to grab something, and, you know, staying off your phone. That's the, the biggest things that a, a first-year apprentice can do. Um, but you quickly, really quickly start you know, getting more responsibility. You'll, you'll do a simple maintenance by yourself. Um, you'll start taking serv- simple service calls and then, you know, you just get, get thrown to it and, and figure it out as you go. And that's what I think is really fun about this job is when I'm out on a piece of equipment, it's just me trying to figure it out. That's the best way for me at least to learn is to, to beat my head against something for a while and figure it out. But the feeling after you figure something out is incredible. So what happens on one of those calls where you're out and maybe what you're troubleshooting you haven't learned before? It sounds like you have a a network of people you said before that you call. Like, what does that look like? I mean, you're not just expected to fix it all on your own. You have people you can lean on and ask help, phone a friend. Right. So what I would do typically is... Essentially, I would try to familiarize myself with the equipment as best as possible, read the manuals, take all the measurements that I know how to take or know what to do, um, so that when I'm calling one of these subject matter experts, they can tell I've done my due diligence, that I have tried everything. They're not going to have to say, you know, call me back in 10 minutes after you've got it figured out. And so, you know, we all have smartphones. Google is a huge um, resource to to just find those manuals, things like that. You know, also you just have to try stuff. You know, it's all it's all equipment. Worst case, it was already broke when you got there. Worst case, it just stays broke, right? I, I know what you work on, but maybe all the listeners don't. So, what when you're talking about being on a you know uh, being on a job site, taking a look at a piece of equipment, troubleshooting equipment, like what what kind of equipment is that? So, 
heating, ventilation, air conditioning, and refrigeration all falls under the same basic stuff where we're moving heat from one place to another. So that could be anything from a residential split system that we all have in our houses to a thousand ton chiller in one of these high rises downtown. It all operates on the same basic principles. It's just more complicated and bigger. So air conditioners and heaters, essentially. What's the coolest piece of equipment you worked on and why? Guys really like chillers. Um, They are really, they're big. They're powerful machines um, that are kind of scary. I would say those are are some of the cooler things, but also just big built-up air handlers. You know, a lot of these air conditioners are part of the building. They're part of the structure. And when you go to replace something like that, you're doing some serious work to remove all that, redesign what's going back in to replace it. So yeah, I like I like big stuff. Do you feel like this career path in the trades will give you the opportunity to make an impact on your community? And if so, in what way? Yeah, I think it will give me a chance to impact my community. Um, mainly, we allow modern life to, to happen. Um, without climate control and refrigeration, nothing, this city wouldn't exist the way that it does. Um, so, you know, we are the people who keep the lights on and the food cold, you know. We allow the community to exist. So uh, I have uh, one final question I prepared, and there's always a a bonus question uh, that Monica, uh, one of our guest hosts, likes to ask. So the first question I have for you is, if you were a guest on this show in five years, what would you like to be able to tell me? What would be the biggest career goal that you've achieved or you're in the middle of achieving? In five years, I would like to be a competent journeyman that can walk into any problem and if not fix, get the ball moving to to fix it. And then, like we talked about earlier, impacting guys coming behind me. If you're able to to help bring other guys up, your impact is, is everlasting. So the bonus question is, if you weren't in the career, in the trades, what else did you imagine you'd be doing in your life? Ben, and you talked a little bit about the medical industry. We've had people mention pretty wild career paths uh, that they had either when they were a little, a younger individual in elementary or junior high. We've had people from pro bowlers to bull riders to all over the board. So what's, what's Jake's story? So I think that I would probably be trying to do something in education. I, I enjoy teaching people things. Well, that's why it's important to be able to get uh, as a subject matter expert back in those apprenticeship schools and hopefully help groom tomorrow's generation, uh, the men and women that are yet to enter our industry. And, you know, we need to have more people like you telling our story and attracting more talent. Uh, I, I suspect we could train twice as many people as your class has right now. Um, It's just a lack of access to information and a lack of knowledge uh, and exposure to the industry. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Jake. It sounds like uh, our industry is in really good hands with you, and it sounds like you have a great career. You're working for a great company. Uh, I know the folks at AMS pretty well, and uh, we're delighted to have you today. Thank you so much. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, that concludes our show today. Thank you. Please tune in next time. Tradeswork is a production of the Rocky Mountain Mechanical Contractors Association. For more information about our organization, please visit rmmca.org.